As sensitives, we find ourselves in a world encouraging us to tune out when our greatest power is to tune in. This leads us to miss the magic and wisdom inherently within and all around us. This is Tune In with Marcy, a podcast devoted to exploring what it means to reconnect to our intuitive nature and belong to the animate earth. I'm your host, Marcy Moberg, an intuitive soul guide, shadow worker, and plant spirit teacher. On this podcast, you'll find deep conversations, practical tips, inspiring stories, and answers to your burning intuitive questions. Equal parts spiritual and human, my work is trauma-informed and always practical. I'm so glad that your intuition led you here. Welcome. By the way, this is a Patreon-supported podcast. You can join starting at $10 a month. To learn more, go to patreon.com forward slash Marcy Moberg. Hey there, and welcome to Tune In with Marcy. I'm your host, intuitive soul guide, Marcy Moberg, and it's really great to be with you here today. In my last episode, I opened up about my first sacred medicine journey with psychoactive psilocybin mushrooms. In case you missed it, I highly recommend you go back because it is related to this episode. So you can check out episode 76 after you're done with this one. Today, I want to dive deeper into what the sacred fungi spirits have continued to teach me through our work together. But before I do, I want to invite you to join my Patreon. If you're unfamiliar with Patreon. It's a subscriber platform with tiers that start at $10 a month. And these support me to create this podcast each month. There's a lot of love and labor that goes into each episode. And in addition to supporting a podcast that you love, when you become a Patreon, um, you receive exclusive benefits like bonus podcast episodes, plant spirit practices, and live Zoom classes. So for the months of May and June, we are focused on attuning to the spirits of plants, fungi, and trees. And um, this is a practice that harmonizes our energy with the green kingdom to pick up on frequencies of plant and fungi spirits so that we can uh, experience plant spirit communication. So if you want to learn more and to join, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash Marcy Moberg. And if becoming a Patreon is outside of your financial ability right now, that's okay. There's a a lot of other ways that you can support the podcast. And um, that includes sharing this episode on your social media channels, um, sharing this episode with loved ones, providing a rating wherever you listen to your podcasts, ideally five stars. Um, that allows people to be able to more easily find the podcast. <clears throat> and that's something that's possible now, both through Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So huge thank you to folks who are already patrons, have shared the podcast, a five-star rating. Um, I really, really appreciate your support. It means the world to me. And uh, thank you for continuing to give me the opportunity to create this, this podcast, which feels very, very special. So as I mentioned, this week's episode <clears throat> is all about what the sacred fungi spirits have taught me so far. And I want to start with a 
requisitory disclaimer, because that's important. And that is that this podcast episode does not in any way encourage or condone the use, purchase, sale, or transfer of any illegal substances, nor does it encourage or condone partaking in any unlawful activity. So if you do end up using psychoactive substances, psychedelics, please do so safely and ideally with the support of an experienced guide. And I'll talk a little bit about why having an experienced guide is so important in this episode. Um, So let's dive in. In episode 76, I shared that my experience with the sacred fungi psilocybin um, revealed their incredibly wise consciousness. Made me, I mean, (laughs) I already was a believer, but made me like a really firm, like without a doubt believer that plant fungi and trees um, have consciousness, that uh, all of life is animate, and that these fungi spirits are perhaps the most wise, intelligent, and loving consciousnesses that I have yet to experience. And, um, and that was really moving. And since working with these sacred fungi, I sense that one of their sacred roles on earth is to help humans remember. I know that that's certainly what they have uh, supported me in doing over the journey together. And one of my mentors said it best. She said, you know, we work with sacred plant medicine to remember, to remember, like ceremony is an act of remembering to remember. We're intentionally uh, remembering who we are, intentionally remembering where we came from, why we're here on earth, because modern life is all about forgetting and forgetting and forgetting and forgetting. So we need to have a practice of remembering. Otherwise, we get lost in the forgetting. And I was speaking to her recently about <clears throat> a difficult experience I had with a loved one. And it felt as if this person like had amnesia. They had remembered and then forgotten. But not like kind of forgotten momentarily. <clears throat> they had really, really reverted to an old way of being that I was pretty sure that they had shed and it was causing a lot of harm along the way. And amnesia is really the right word because, you know, I realized that they don't have a practice of remembering. And when we don't have a practice of remembering, it's easy to forget and get lost in our own unhelpful stories and patterns. I mean, in many ways, it's kind of inevitable. So... The sacred fungi helped me remember who I am, where I come from, why I'm here, how to be of service, and my sacred role here on earth. They connect me to the animate earth I belong to, to the spirit world that exists parallel to our human existence, and the sacredness of life. And when I work with the sacred mushrooms in ceremony, I participate in a process, again, to remember, to remember, to remember, to remember, to bring myself back when I've forgotten, to take myself deeper into remembering. And when I integrate what they've taught me during our meetings and conversations, over time, I develop a long-term practice of remembering. Now, I've had practices over the years that I recognize help me remember and are designed to help me remember, like yoga, meditation, mindfulness, prayer, those have served as foundational ways of remembering. 
intentionally working with my dreams, uh, journey practices, shadow work, all of those help me remember. And working with the sacred mushrooms like took this remembering just so much deeper for me. Weaving my disparate spiritual experiences into an embodied wholeness. And this embodied experience leaves me feeling more deeply connected to the divine in myself and the meaning of life than any of the other spiritual encounters I've had prior. Those all contributed to um, my spiritual experience of life. But the most significant spiritual encounter, the most significant rememberings for me have been in communion with these sacred fungi. And the fungi spirits remind me regularly that we suffer when we forget. And this is partially our individual responsibility to remember and also a result of the greater collective. So it's also the, the, the collective's responsibility to remember because our culture is broken and it's not designed to help us remember our true nature and the essence of reality. Like, you know, this true essence that we are love, this true essence that we are here to collaborate, this true essence that we belong to the animate earth, this true essence that humans are not alone. <laughs> Moving out of this very human-centric, well, egocentric, then human-centric lens in life, which is causing a lot of harm. You know, our culture is designed to have us forget. So we have this responsibility individually to remember, but then we also have this responsibility collectively to shift so we support remembering so that remembering becomes central and not forgetting becomes normal. You know, in many ways, our culture is designed to help us forget and it rewards unhealthy behaviors. It rewards egocentric patterns. It rewards an egocentric worldview. It rewards a human-centric worldview. And in that place of forgetting, wounding is bound to repeat itself. It's bound to repeat itself in a culture that is just set on forgetting more than remembering and set on ignoring their own wounding. You know, wounding and trauma is like that, often destined to repeat until moved out of the collective and the personal shadows. I mean, it happens all the time. What is intergenerational trauma? Intergenerational trauma is a result of individual traumas being repeated over and over again. And collective societal structures that facilitate trauma being repeated over and over again and not changing. And so it's these collective, structural, personal shadows, traumas, wounding that we, we need to resolve. Um, and you know, this, this forgetting moves us out of this, this place of resolution, this place of deeper awareness. But we really are meant to be a culture that remembers. We are really meant to be a species that remembers and to center remembering practices in our spiritual practices and celebrations and our everyday routines. Because when we remember, we have more compassion for ourselves and others. We lead from our wisdom, not our wounding. We marry our spirit in our humanity. Uh, we care for the goodness of all, we care for justice. We care for those things. We value each other 
human and other species alike. And when I spend time with the sacred fungi, they remind me to organize our lives around this cooperation, this compassion, and to recognize, you know, what a gift. I talked about this in the last episode, just what a gift life is. It is a gift. It's easy to forget that. Life is heavy right now. It's very heavy. It can be very grim because our culture, our species is centered on forgetting and forgetting our place in the wider web of life instead of embodying it. We forget that the planet is a sentient living being, something also I talked about in episode 76. And when we forget this, we suffer and we create suffering because we fall into ego inflation and we get lost in our own neuroses. We, you know, because the center of our world has really gone from the animate earth and the web of life to the confines of our own minds. And we also risk falling into the traps of our inner judge that pushes us down and makes us small and creates social structures and the overarching collective narratives that perpetuate this. Reflecting this back to us through our personal culture, our popular culture and sensational stories that dig this in deeper rather than motivating us to remember and to shift and to change and to pick each other up, to cooperate. The sacred fungi continue to teach me how to hold paradoxes more skillfully, recognizing that we each are special, we are sacred, and we do have a very unique role in the web of life, every single one of us are not a mistake. We're essential, even, and deeply loved. And at the same time, this is the paradox. We're tall, we're tiny, we're small. We're like this little bit of spark in this huge, huge, infinite vastness of the entire universe. We're a tiny drop in a huge, infinite ocean. And then yet again, the body of the water wouldn't exist without the drops, right? And so there's this paradox. And I think when we hold paradox, it creates more balance in our psyche and in our collective. You know, paradox brings mystery, magic, complexity, and the beauty that is the fabric of life. And holding space for complexity in life empowers us to have uh, more complexity within ourselves, and vice versa. And I think when we embrace that complexity, then there can be like a softening that happens for us in compassion towards ourselves and vice versa. And it's this inside, outside, outside, inside dynamic that can shift and can change. And one of the most important messages I received personally from the sacred fungi that I want to spend this next chunk of the episode on is about my sacred role here on earth. And what I'm learning about that. And it's something that I've been inquiring about on and off for a very, very long time. Now let's talk a little bit about sacred roles because we each have them. And depth psychologist Bill Plankton talks about how each of us have what he calls a mythopoetic identity. And he describes it as, quote, the way we consciously identify and experience the nature of soul, capital S soul, by the way, namely through metaphor, 
in the form of poetic or mythic images or images or patterns rather. And since it's not possible to directly describe our eco niche, I'll talk a little bit about what that is in a minute. In everyday descriptive language, we comprehend and appreciate it mythopoetically, essentially what Carl Jung meant by personal myth. So in other words, when we encounter the nature of our capital S soul, our wiser self, our pure awareness, the consciousness underneath it all, our sacred role often appears like a poem. It's artistic, it's full of metaphor, It's not like this like super straightforward thing, you know, images that evoke the further seeding of our soul and not our ego. It's on purpose. It's on purpose that it, it, it moves through metaphor because the the soul speaks through metaphor and images and this, these images and these arcs that move something deep in us, not something analytical. Another way of saying this is that our intuition speaks in mythical language. And when our intuition speaks about the sacred role we incarnated to fill on earth, it never comes through as a simple, straightforward, concrete plan. Like, here's who you are. It's more nuanced than that. It's more poetic. Rather, it usually comes through in like a series of images inspirations, dreams, insights, and moving experiences that unfold over a period of time, sometimes years, sometimes decades. And, you know, we'll often reach this point of clarity where it becomes maybe a little bit more obvious. And the niche that Bill Plockton talks about, that eco-niche, is called eco-niche because it's eco-centered, um, by nature, where we move to the soul level. So when we move into the soul level, we move out of that egocentric, human-centric lens. And instead, we center the more-than-human world, the animate, uh, animate reality of life and the greater web of life as the center. So in other words, we hold an animist point of view where we recognize the consciousness existing in all of life and recognize that we are a part of that and we have responsibility towards that and we move away from a human-centric perspective. And I like to think of our eco-niche as the spoke in the greater web of life that we are meant to embody, a sacred role only we can embody and that is essential to why we incarnated. So I've been in inquiry about my own sacred role for decades I think probably as long as I've been on a spiritual path, it's been a question of like, why are we here as a human species? Why am I here? Sensing that I showed up for a reason and trying to explore what that reason, that purpose was and is. And I received slivers of insights through dreams over the years, moments of experience that move and open me while I was in nature on retreat uh, messages through journeys that that nudge me. But in many ways, the weaving of these pieces kind of felt not fully concrete yet. They were they were kind of slowly coming together, but I, it's like I couldn't quite fully 100% see the picture really until my sacred medicine journeys and ceremonies with psilocybin. And during one such ceremony with the sacred medicine of psilocybin, the consciousness of Amanita muscaria appeared to me. 
And that's a, a mushroom that's sacred to my Scandinavian ancestors when they were indigenous to Europe. And it's famous. It's a very famous mushroom, the most famous mushroom of all time. You, I'm sure that you have seen it in some form, in a cartoon or otherwise, because it's red-capped with white spots. And it's behind the tales of Santa Claus, flying reindeer, evergreen trees during the holidays. In many ways, it didn't surprise me when Amanita muscaria appeared. This fungi consciousness has been visiting my dreams for a very, very long time. Um, always showing up when, when, there, when there is someone who shows up. And it's not just the mushroom itself or a scenario related to the mushroom. The form that shows up is always feminine. And so when Amanita muscaria showed up as a goddess-like infinite feminine consciousness, I felt both affirmed and in awe. This consciousness taught me about just how vast the plant, fungi, and tree consciousnesses are. In ceremonies before that, I knew that plants and trees and fungi were conscious. I knew that they were sacred. I knew that they were elders. But in my experience with Amanita muscaria, it's like it took... (laughs) That experience took things to a whole new level because I recognized that actually maybe the ancient gods and goddesses of ancient times were inspired by these encounters with plant, fungi, and tree consciousness because that's how big they are and how wise and how powerful and how primordial, we could say. Far, 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 far older and wiser than us. So during our interaction... One of the most potent pieces Amanita Muscaria shared with me was about my sacred role here on earth, giving me a sacred name that felt so bone deep, true, and surprising. And the acknowledgement that I came here to be what she called a medicine carrier, working with the sacred plants and fungi with a particular calling with sacred psychedelic mushrooms. And Um, and being in service to those consciousnesses on earth. In other words, I'm here in service of the sacred fungi. I'm here to attune to and listen to that consciousness, regardless of whether I'm in ceremony or not, in many ways to be in devotion to those consciousnesses. Um, They're here as my guides, and I'm here to honor them. And they're here to wake us up. (laughs) I think they're here to help us remember. And as I sat with her message following the ceremony, I found myself connecting like so many dots to my spiritual and professional career leading up to that moment because I had been swimming in the subconscious waters with clients for a very, very long time, you know, working with dreams, ancestral healing, past life regressions, shadow work, uh, inner children, inner infants, inner teens, like all the different parts of themselves. And these are the spaces that psychedelic experiences can take us to, but more often they can take us there more deeply because our protective parts of our psyche soften and eventually kind of move offline. And so we're able to get to these more vulnerable areas inside of ourselves and also to to sink deeper into the waters of the capital S soul, to come into contact with our spirit and with the divine of life. 
And I was comfortable navigating, you know, the wide spectrum of emotions and experiences inherent in the challenges of being human. And, you know, psychedelic experiences amplify that. They bring up, they can bring up really big emotions because, like I said, these protective parts of ourselves um, soften or start to go offline because of how the medicine works with our brains. And when that happens, we're able to touch into these vulnerable places, you know, for example, like touching into a part of yourself, uh, a really young part of yourself that felt abandoned. And you had no idea that that abandonment wound was like very, very deep inside of you. But then there it is, uh, you know, the protective parts of you kind of move out of the way and you're able to connect in to that abandonment sense. And I had developed somatic skills to guide people through implicit memory in the body, through nervous system regulation, through understanding their nervous systems. And above all, the plants and fungi spirits were, at that point, like my most trusted spiritual guides on my path, as well as foundational to my personal spiritual practice and my cosmology of the world. So it's funny because... (laughs) I think this often happens for people with their sacred role. It's like, it was both a surprise and also a, oh, of course, um, moment for me. And what did this mean for me? Well, you know, I'm still figuring that out. I have a feeling that that's going to be like embodying our sacred role is a lifetime journey and one that continues to reveal itself as we allow our consciousness to be worked on by the soul. Um, something greater than us. But what I do know is that part of me embodying the medicine carrier I am today is supporting people through psychedelic preparation and integration. And what this means is that this work is for people who have already decided that they will participate in a sacred plant medicine ceremony and want support to prepare for that um, before and then after that journey is done. And also to support folks who have already completed a psychedelic journey, but haven't been able to integrate and implement the insights from their journey. I know, for example, I've had a lot of friends over the years who have had sacred plant medicine experiences where they went away on retreat or they attended a one-day ceremony, but they had no container to then unpack what happened or be with it or feel kinship with with what happened. They felt like very isolated. Um, And I know that a lot of the success of my own experience with the sacred fungi has been the fact that I have had just amazing support in preparation leading up to my experiences and in integrating after my experiences. That's just been essential. So if you're new to psychedelic preparation, support with a guide can look like a a lot of different ways, but I believe that it can help you to um, clarify and set intentions ahead of your journey. That's very important to have a sense of like, why are you doing this and what, you know, what's calling you forward, preparing different parts of yourself for the journey. It's very common that fear can come up different parts of your psyche might uh, try to throw little fits along the way. And so you can prepare yourself for the journey by, by doing intentional work with different parts of yourself to bring them on board and invite all the aspects of yourself on board for your psychedelic experience. It includes uh, recognizing important signs and synchronicities during waking life. 
Um, the medicine, my experiences, does not just communicate with you during ceremony, but once you've made the decision, it's like the the consciousness is already starting to do their work on you and already starting to kind of communicate with you. Um, I believe incorporating dream work is really important leading up to the journey. I think the way that I see dream work is that dreams are the same spaces that we go in psychedelic experiences. Um, But in psychedelic experiences, there's just like less of our protection and our defenses and so we can just go so much deeper and we're there so much longer and we're able to remember it and so incorporating dream work is really really important leading up to an experience because you can get a lot of uh, fruit from that leading up to an experience I think this can also include learning how to listen to the medicine as the, the, the plant consciousness the fungi consciousness does their pre-ceremony work with you and noticing that you are in the field of sacred medicine before you ever ingest. It's already starting to do work with you. And then also cultivating practices to support your preparation like meditation, journaling, expectation setting. Do you want to have a fasting practice? All these kind of pieces are important that just create a sense of slowly preparing your mind, body, and spirit for the journey and also creating a self-care kit that you can bring to your ceremony because, um, yeah, a lot of like vulnerabilities can come up. I found that preparing with a a guide was really, really essential to my experience. And it empowered me to get very clear on why I'm entering into the ceremony to have very clear intentions, which I wasn't attached to. It's more like the intentions are invitations for the sacred medicine. And then I think I said this in the first episode and in, 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 I mean, it's the last episode, episode 76, but you know, the medicine takes you where, where you need to go, not where you want to go. So the intentions, um, are like these invitations and then you get to see what comes back in response to that. And you also begin, you know, I also began to cultivate a mindset that was aligned with my intentions. And that's very important because best practice to show that the mindset we bring into a sacred medicine experience significantly impacts and influences the experience. And I guess I would say like, when, when does mindset not influence things? <laughs> it's important. So, you know, when preparation goes well, It's possible that it can empower you to enter your psychedelic ceremony with a clear intention to trust yourself and let go to receive the sacred medicine insights when you journey. That's really important. Um, It's a sacred medicine journeys are very vulnerable. And I think it's really important for us to get to a place inside of ourselves where we can really trust ourselves and we can let go if we've decided that that's something that we are engaging in for our own spiritual and emotional support and health. Another piece is um, it can empower you to feel confident to express your needs with ceremony practitioners and organizers. That is so essential, so, so essential to um, cultivating a sense of safety within ourselves and in the environment. It can also help us uh, draw from a self-care kit pre, post, and during ceremony and uh, pre, pre, during, and post ceremony rather, and to know how to deepen our initial insights immediately after the ceremony. So that's all about preparation. And then there's psychedelic integration, which is a process often neglected by many folks in the, in the sacred plant medicine 
community or, or limited to like, you're going to integrate in one to three sessions. Uh, no, (laughs) I mean, you like, you like it like the, some of the surface done, but when integration is integration really is like an absolutely much longer process. Um, even when you finish integration sessions, like even when you're like, okay, I feel complete with having support from a guide, the integration it's, it continues. It's a, it's a long process. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, let's talk about what is integration. And by the way, if you're listening to this and you're like still, you know, you're maybe, maybe sacred plant medicine is not a part of your path yet, or isn't going to be called. Um, there are, there are aspects of this in for you as well in your spiritual practice. I'm going to talk about that um, in a minute. So, so make sure you stick around. So what is integration? Well, I always love to look at the etymology of words to unpack their intention more. And when we look at the word integrate, we discover its roots connect to the um, ability to render something whole, bring parts uh, together, bring the parts of something together to make whole and put together parts or or elements, combine them into a whole. So in other words, like wholeness is the essence of integration, right? Weaving something together. And the time immediately following a sacred medicine journey is an important window of opportunity. It's a chance to unpack the experience, deepen insights, make meaning, and explore inspired action to embody your transformation. Um... And that process I found was best supported by a guide. Um, And I know that that's also tends to be a a recommended best practice. And um, it it made a huge difference for me in my own journey. It's part of why I'm offering that to others. And if you're new to psychedelic integration, you know, support with a guide can help you to consciously work with important images and messages that you received in your ceremony to deepen their healing those are important. This goes back to the part that I talked about earlier where, you know, the soul and the intuition inside of us speaks through metaphor and images. And when we spend time intentionally working with them in a skillful way, those metaphors, those images change us. They change us. They reformulate our egos in a way that then our soul can take up more residence. And um, that's important because psychedelic experiences are often very, very big soul encounters where we really meet our soul. We, We have a deep encounter with the deepest parts of ourselves. And so it's important to, to have an intentional practice and have guidance on how to work with those images and messages that you've received. Another part of integration is cultivating a mindset to continue listening to the medicine because medicine work does not just end with the ceremony. Sacred plant spirits continue to teach you in your life beyond ceremony, uh, regardless of ingestion. I think that's really important. Um, I also, you know, just like preparation in integration, I believe in intentional dream work, um, because that will empower you to continue to connect dots and recognize new messages to, uh, also, I think it's important to design, you know, like self-led ceremonies and rituals that can help you explore 
and integrate embodiment, bringing that really, really deeply into your body, your insights, making them kind of inviting them to kind of really sink into yourselves and, and change you like a metamorphosis and to create daily practices to connect you to the wisdom, the medicine shared so that you are in the practice of remembering, right? The, you know, sacred medicine in your experience helped you remember. And when you have a daily practice that you design intentionally uh, in alignment with what you remembered, it helps you to continue remembering. To practice meditation techniques to strengthen your connection to important healing moments of the journey, to skillfully work with psychological and emotional material that surfaces, because that happens. Like you can have a, a sacred ceremony, and then after the ceremony, you know, emotions can start to bubble up because you've opened something inside of you that you didn't have access to before. So it's important to have support to work one-on-one with someone um, to be able to process like what's bubbling up for you and to allow the emergence of further insight and to listen for inspired action. You know, integration is really where the rubber hits the road. Bringing the gifts of a sacred plant medicine ceremony back into your everyday life and weaving the wisdom shared from the the sacred medicine back into your everyday life and you know, it reminds me of um, something that a peer uh, in this field said, you know, he, we were talking about sacred medicine work and he was talking about how he, you know, reminds people that when we take these journeys, like we're going on a round trip ticket, like we're get, we ha- we're going to go somewhere interesting. We're going to dive into the depths of our soul. We're going to have these spiritual encounters with life. We'll, we will, we'll, maybe have the opportunity to have an experience with like what we might call like true reality and to experience like some universal truths. And then we have to take the round trip. Like we have to come back. We, you know, this is not about escaping. This is about coming back into our life and reintegrating what, what we saw and experienced. So in an ideal situation, integration can support you to Take inspired action after you've spent some time unpacking um, at a balanced pace to really honor your emerging truth, to self-resource connection from your wiser self, continue to remember that part of yourself, draw from that part of yourself, cultivate that part of yourself, grow into that part of yourself that's beyond your, your ego, to weave your wisdom from your ceremony into everyday life to infuse the insights shared from the sacred medicine into your daily decisions, to realign aspects of your life with new or reordered values. It's very common that you can come back from a sacred ceremony and your values have shifted. Um, And so that's important to kind of realign decisions and aspects of your life with those values, to deepen your self-awareness and reflection, and to continue your deep healing and spiritual growth journey beyond the ceremony. Because... It's not like, well, that's it, you know, done, (laughs) done forever. Um, Yeah, healing and spiritual growth is not like that. So as I was coming down from my first sacred medicine journey, I remember saying over and over and over again to my guide, you know, oh my gosh, like integration is everything. It's everything. It's everything. Because, you know, prior to my work with sacred plant medicine, I had a lot of years Uh, under my belt of spiritual retreats, silent retreats, intensives, uh, very in-depth spiritual practices 
And I knew that insights were only as good as they were rooting themselves into our everyday life. Again, it's this like round trick ticket thing, you know, like, well, what does this mean for our life? And it's not a, meant to be a momentary escape from the everyday or even to be a permanent escape. Um, and I, I knew the disappointment that can come from returning from a spiritual high when you hit the more mundane of everyday life. That's something that I experienced many times early on in my spiritual path. And I realized, you know, all of my spiritual experiences, if I was going on retreats, et cetera, like they had to, they had to be the round trip ticket. They had to be this experience where I, I brought back the gems into my everyday life. It wasn't about escaping somewhere else. Um, so in, in, integration is indeed everything. And spending time on integration and later implementation it deepens our insight. It works with the receptivity and the plasticity of our mind to shift thinking patterns and habits. Because after a psychedelic experience, our mind is really, really open. And it's the same way if we go on, for example, a 10-day silent retreat, our mind is also often very open and receptive. And you know that's a very potent time to really deepen um, what we have learned and to deepen new patterns and to orient our, our neuroreceptors receptors in a way in our mind that's oriented towards this new insight, this new wisdom. And as a part of the reciprocity of sacred medicine, you know, that guides, heals, and inspires us, integration is also essential to that. Um, our work when we return from ceremonies to ask ourselves, how can these gifts you know, how, how do these gifts not only benefit us, but our community? How can we be a better partner, friend, and loved one? How can we be a part of creating a more just collective? How can it contribute to protection and restoration of the ecosystem? In other words, how can we move from just me to also a healthy we, us? So this isn't limited to psychedelic and plant medicine experiences, I really believe that integration and reciprocity are essential to any deep spiritual encounter, whether it's returning from a 10-day silent retreat, whether it's a wilderness excursion that cracks you open to something deeper, or like what we might call a big dream that serves as a portal to your soul and leaves you with all these inspiring messages and images. Integration is essential for all of those spiritual encounters. Because again, that's where we, you know, the rubber takes the road, hits road. And I think it's part of this reciprocity. When we're given a gift like that, we're given a spiritual encounter. It is a gift. And it's not a gift for us just to like keep inside of ourselves and do nothing with. It's a gift that's meant to work on us, to shift us, and to therefore shift how we show up in the world. I don't believe that, you know, sacred plant medicines are right for everyone. Um, but I do believe as the world of psychedelics continues to open up, it provides an opportunity for many of us to experience a deeper spiritual reality, to shift the immovable impacts of trauma, which is what had happened to me, and to answer some of our deeper questions about life, ourselves, the divine. I feel really, really grateful that my journey with sacred plant medicines has brought me in touch with the divine, my sacred role, and a practice of remembering when I forget. And I'm honored that my sacred role is intertwined with them. Just so, so honored. And I feel 
excited for the years ahead as policies around psychedelics continue to shift to make them more accessible. And for the unknown of what's still ahead for me embodying that role and what my gift to my community as a sacred medicine carrier is exactly going to look like. But regardless of what that looks like, I I just offer this gift that these medicines have reminded me that there's something greater at work in our lives. And if we're given the gift, the opportunity of being able to encounter that, or if we happen to encounter that spontaneously, like through a dream that's really big and profound for us, then it's our loving responsibility to reciprocally take those gifts and allow them to do their work on us and to make this place, this earth, this humankind that's lost within themselves a better place. That's part of the remembering. I hope that you enjoyed this week's episode. And uh, if you did, please share it with one friend. Consider giving it a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And if you want to dive deeper into developing relationships with the spirits of plants where you live and fungi, check out my Patreon, where I teach about the ordinary and the extraordinary world of plant spirits and how they're here to guide us, including houseplants. We do a lot of practices with houseplants, and you can learn a lot from them. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'm going to leave you with my personal mantra, being you takes courage. Thank you so much for tuning in today with me. I hope you loved the episode and it enriches you just as much as it has for me to create it. If you enjoyed this episode, consider becoming a Patreon. You can join starting at $10 a month. To learn more, go to patreon.com forward slash Marcy Moberg. Another way to support the podcast is through reviews. I would be so grateful for you to hop on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and share your rating and review, ideally five stars. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast so you never miss an episode. And you can always learn more about me and my work at marcymoberg.com. Until next time, remember that being you takes courage. Lots of love.